Welcome back to the Betting with Babies podcast, your ultimate guide for sports betting dads. Each week, we'll break down our best bets, rank our top touchdown scorers, and as always, we'll dive into the dad zone and share valuable tips, stories, and perspectives on being the best dads you can be during an exciting sports season. I'm your passive-aggressive host, Mr. Clutch, and with the help from my co-host, Mr. No Days Off and Maddie Stats, we're going to navigate this thrilling world of NFL sports betting while attempting to juggle parenthood like pros. How we doing, gentlemen? I'm certainly doing better than a Jet fan. I'll tell you on a more serious note, I'm flying high and it has nothing to do with the Jets. I'm sorry about that, Amato. But Tua looked amazing. The Dolphins got a huge win on the road. And I got a couple fantasy wins. So all around, it was great. Maddie, talk to me. I am also flying high. Did you see what the Cowboys did to the Giants? Like, what was that? Like, that game started. The Giants just drove all the way down the field. I was like, oh, God, this defense is supposed to be good. And block field goal, and uh, that was it. And so some of us definitely had better days than others. Uh, Dan, do you want to comment on the J-E-T-S? Oh, man, I uh, I feel like I'm in a bad dream that I haven't woke up from. You know, it's the worst case scenario for the Jets franchise. And as Jets fans, you guys know. And I just can't even, you know, we sort of knew something bad would happen because we just can't have nice things. But I just didn't think it would happen this soon. I'm a man who didn't I, like Rodgers. And I, and I grew to like him again. Like... It's I tossed my phone when it happened and, and I didn't look at it again for the rest of the night. And when I woke up, I was actually really surprised to see I didn't have all the text that I was imagining to have from you guys, from other groups. Like it was so people knew took knew how serious it was and how bad it was going to feel that I didn't even get the the text. How You know, it was just let's give you some time to deal with this. It's going to take some time. So we're going to move on from that. We're not going to make it all about the Jets, but, you know, it's nice to get a win. Uh, we're 1-0. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Mono, let me just ask you this one question. What quarterback do you want? Phillip Rivers is out there. Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan. Because you can't be sticking with Zachy boy. We're riding with Zach. We're riding with Zach Wilson. Yep, that's the way to go. I'm not, we're moving on. We're riding with Zach Wilson. A lot of reasons for it. I don't know them. I haven't seen them yet, but I imagine there are a lot of reasons why it's going to work out for us. Let's move into our pod picks for week two. This is where we give you our best bets of the week and keep track of the standings along the way so you know who to follow or fade. Last week as a pod, we went one and two. Teddy went 0-1 in his first pick of the year, and Maddie Stats, our defending champion, went 0-1 as well as the Niners rocked the Steelers in week one. Uh, I got the lone win, 1-0 with the Titans. Uh, so let's see how we can keep it going. Week two's overreaction week. So you're going to see the lines move based on what the public saw in week one of the NFL. Don't get caught overreacting. We're going to get into our pod picks for this week, starting with our first game of the week. Mr. No Days Off, what do we got? We got the Chargers at the Titans. Maddie. Talk to me. All right. So we got 62% of the cash on the Titans, but only 53% of the tickets. This one opened up at Chargers minus three and hasn't moved at all this week. Ryan Tannehill looked 
absolutely awful last week, failing to register a single big-time throw and executed a turnover-worthy play on 9.3% of his dropbacks. Just for reference, like over three is bad. So 9.3 is like 3x worse than you should be. DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks are expected to have their work cut out for them this week with both of them bringing below-average matchups against a Chargers secondary led by Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. The Chargers secondary did get absolutely torched by the Dolphins last week with Tua putting up Madden-esque numbers against the Chargers who for some reason played man coverage against Hill and Waddle all game. Yeah, I'm going to keep this uh, short and sweet. The the Dolphins beat the Chargers, but the Chargers were not bad. The run defense was good. They stopped King Henry. You know Tannehill's trash. I'm taking the Chargers minus three all day. This was so predictable. This was such a predictable pick for you. Knowing as a Dolphins fan, what better way to raise your win from week one than to talk about how good the team you beat was. I I mean, it was picture perfect. And to take a Tannehill shot. And a Tannehill shot. That's true. And you know I like Herbert. I do agree with you. I think that was a great that was a great uh, AFC matchup. I hope we see that matchup again. Uh, so Teddy's on Chargers minus three. This is Maddie Stats's game where we had it. All right, we're doing Ravens at Bengals. And then this one, we got 75% of the cash on the Bengals, but only 38% of the tickets. The lines have been solid on this one, opening up at Bengals three and a half, and it hasn't moved all week. The Bengals' offense seemed completely out of sync, but we can expect Joe Burrow to have a big bounce-back week after putting up an uncharacteristic 43 PFF grade. The big thing that swayed me with this game is the injuries. While the Bengals escaped last week, mostly unscathed with the exception of their pride, the Ravens got absolutely destroyed by injuries. In addition to losing Dobbins for the season, Ronnie Stanley, their starting left tackle, and Tyler Lindenbaum, their starting center, are both expected to miss this week. Expect the Bengals to do the most of their damage via the air with their offensive line at a negative 41% disadvantage against the run. And I'm putting my money behind the Bengals this week, given the offensive line woes and an angry Joe Burrow. Maddie's taking the Bengals minus three and a half in a, in a scary division game. The AFC North games are always tight. Both these quarterbacks look bad. Two quarterbacks who got paid guaranteed money, big money, week one combined for zero touchdowns. I don't think either one of them threw a touchdown pass in week one. Not a good start for these quarterbacks. And the Bengals at home are going to come back with revenge. It's after what they look like in week one. So lock in the Bengals minus three and a half as Maddie's looking to get his first win of the season. Next up, we got the third game. This is my game and we are heading to Jacksonville, Kansas city chiefs, uh, minus three against the Jacksonville Jags. Maddie, what does that say? Ooh, we're going to give you a stat correction here. The line moved this afternoon to minus three and a half. And in this one, we now have 94% of the cash and 79% of the tickets on the Chiefs. This one opened up at minus three, but moved to three and a half this afternoon, as I just mentioned, based on the heavy action going towards the Chiefs. Despite what the stat line may have told you last week, Mahomes actually had a solid game, bringing in a PFF grade of 80, but was statistically outplayed by Trevor Lawrence, who equally registered an 86 PFF grade in week one. Should be noted that Lawrence's passer rating dropped to a 16.7 while under pressure 
in a very small sample size last week. But that could be especially important if the Chiefs dress Chris Jones, who ended his holdout this week. It should be noted that last week, Mahomes actually had a better passer rating while under pressure versus a clean pocket which I'll kind of throw out since the Chiefs wide receivers dropped eight balls, which is highly correlated with your passer rating. One last thing to mention is in the trenches, the Chiefs offensive line brings a 39% advantage against the pass, but a negative 15% disadvantage against the run. I love those stats. And I mentioned overreaction, Reek. I think this is where you see a big overreaction. The, the Chiefs coming off of a loss uh, typically get back on the right side. And I don't think it was much about the Lions winning this game. I think it was about those drops you mentioned. Eight drops from those receivers during big plays in the game. I like the Chiefs to bounce back here. I'll take them at three and a half. For those who follow us on Sharps, we put this bet in yesterday, and it was at minus two and a half. So the line is going in the right direction. So I'll take the Chiefs minus three and a half on the road coming off of a loss. Well, those are our pod picks for week two. Let's do a quick recap. We've got Teddy's on the Chargers, minus three. Maddie Stats is on the Bengals, minus three and a half. And I'm taking the Chiefs on the road, minus three and a half. Lock it in. Next up, we head to our touchdown scores. This is where we rank our top touchdown scores for the week. Week one was a low-scoring week across the board. We expect the offenses to open it up a little bit more and get some more scoring on the board. We ranked our top five touchdown scores for this week. We're going to run through this list, and as always, we're going to pull them all together into our week two anytime touchdown parlay. Let's go around the horn, starting with our first touchdown score. Teddy, who do we got? Amon Ron St. Brown. Got 28% of the targets, ran 100% of the dropbacks, and received a target on 38% of the play-action dropbacks last week. I love him on Ron St. Brown. Matthew Berry's ride or die. First touchdown of the year, Amrod St. Brown. We might as well all try to say it, embarrass ourselves. Love that target share, love the utilization, and it just seems like him and Goff have a great connection going on. That should be fun to watch this year. Lock him in as our first touchdown scorer. Next up, number two, we got Devontae Adams. Maddie, what do the stats say? All right. So last week, he got a 35% target share. He had an 11-yard A dot, which stands for average depth of target, in case you were wondering. But he did get 0% of the end zone targets, and there is no way anybody's going to let that happen again this week. No. I was saying this early in the, before we started recording. It just seems like they just want to get him the ball. They just know they got to keep getting him the ball. And why wouldn't you? He's always open. And 0% of the end zone targets, you got to change that going into week two. All right, lock in Devontae Adams, number two touchdown scorer for this week. I'll take three. We got Jamar Chase up against the Ravens. You know, Maddie's on the Bengals this week. He likes them to win it in the air. What do the stats say on Jamar Chase? All right. So Jamar Chase in that god awful game did get 31% of the targets. He was on the field for 100% of the passing plays. And you're just expecting a big bounce back week from the Bengals. Like, I'm throwing out last week Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Like, they're going to get the ship right this week. Love Jamar Chase. 
I think I remember Joe Burrow throwing maybe four picks on week one last year and then bouncing back. He didn't throw an interception for like eight straight weeks or something, right? So something about week one for him, he did not look like himself. I also expect him to air it out. I like both the receivers in that game, but as the data said, great matchup for Jamar Chase in this one. So lock him in as our number three touchdown scorer. We got three receivers so far, a little heavy on the receivers. But we're moving to the running backs now, and a running back that should be at everybody's touchdown parlay. We've got Run CMC. What does the stats say? All right, so CMC got absolutely elite utilization. So played 85% of the snaps, got 69% of the rush attempts, and 15% of the targets. That offense runs through him. Like you put him in an offense with the smartest offensive mind in the league, Kyle Shanahan, and like magical things are going to happen. You're nodding over your, I knew you had something to say. I think Mike McDaniel might uh, might be the smartest offensive mind. Yeah, I mean. I, he might, but I still I don't think he's there yet. It's like an Obi-Wan, like Anakin Skywalker situation there, right? Like, you know. He's, he, I like the Shanahan, McVay, Mike, Mike Daniels. You know, they all are in that offensive guru category right now. Uh what a, what a coaching staff that was. When you get done listening to this podcast, listen to the Playmakers. It's a whole like six or seven episode podcast about those guys all being on the Redskins. What a great coaching staff. They all end up being head coaches. It's incredible. But CMC looks great. If he can stay healthy, like you said. All right. Go. Let's bring it so back to the touchdown Let's bring it back. We'll keep it moving. We'll wrap up our touchdown score with our number five TD score. He's a running back from the Cardinals, James Conner. What do the stats say? All right. So he had absolutely elite utilization last week. 83% of the snap count, 58% of the rush attempts, and then 17% of the passing targets. So if you think about that, you're getting a wide receiver and a running back all in one there. Cardinals, not going to score a lot of points, but if you are going to score them, you're going to score them with James Conner. Love that pick. That utilization is the best of anyone in the league through week one. So let's see if he can get in the end zone. That's our touchdown scores for this week. We will wrap it up into a TD parlay, but we like each of these as single bets. We know a lot of you like to bet the single anytime scores, and you would profit this week if we can get at least three out of four. Uh, When you put it all together, we're probably looking around plus 600. We'll post that on the page. Let's get into our Thursday night parlay. This is just for the listeners. We're going to post this podcast as soon as we can after this, and we'll get this play out. We've got a five-leg plus 1498 on the Thursday night game. First leg, Jalen Hurts touchdown anytime score. I'll take that first leg and I'll tell you why so we can run through this. Hurts had nine carries last week, which is a high for the quarterback. His scheme and what they're going to run against this team, we expect them to be up 30% of the design rushes. So slow down the game a little bit. Get in the end zone, Jalen. They need to win this game. Number two leg, Teddy, what do we got? Justin Jefferson, anytime touchdown. Boom. The two flashy ones, the touchdowns for the first two legs. Now let's get into the data, our third leg. Maddie, what do we got? All right. For this one, we got Hertz under 248 and a half passing yards. So we started using odd jams for this, and we're really liking this for the props. But odd jams has this as one of their top trends for the week. In the last 25 games, the under would have hit 68% of the time. 
And then Odd Jams actually assumes that the current odds on this one shouldn't be minus 115, but they should actually be minus 212. So you're getting a huge advantage here. We like this and this helps juice the odds. Love that. Love the Odds Jam app so far. Uh, let's get into another data play. Leg number four, Madison under 49 and a half. Why do we like that one? All right. In a tight game last week, the Vikings did not lean on the rush and let Kurt air it out, throwing the ball 44 times. This week against the Eagles, they can expect a trail and lean on the rush game even less. Combine that with Matheson only seeing 11 rushes, averaging 3.1 yards per carry for only 30 yards, gives us confidence to drop him in this parlay with an under 49.5 yards. Love those. I'm taking both of those two legs as a single bet because I have that much faith in what we saw from Odds Jam in week one. So we'll keep you posted there. But that's our Thursday night parlay only for the listeners on the podcast. I said it was five legs. It's actually just four. And it gets you plus 1498 on DraftKings. So lock it in. And that brings us to the dad zone. As always, it's not just about sports betting. It's about balancing babies and bets. And we've got a whole other side to balance in week one a lot going on how did week one go for you guys with uh balancing babies and bets you know sunday went good uh my oldest is into football like she will sit down and watch a game she has a lot of questions about the rules uh funny enough the fantasy league that we're in teddy um i told her that that's our team to manage this year so she's getting into fantasy um she does say like how's my fantasy doing which it irks me a little bit. It's how's my fantasy team? Team. The fantasy. And it's she just said, weird. She said, my. Does it bother you? She said, my team. Do you have a little bit of ownership issue there, too? You know, it's a combination of the one, she's taking my team. And then two, just the word fantasy and like a kid. Just, it's just, it's, it just sounds weird. It's like sound milk. I didn't have Luca this weekend, so I was chilling all day Sunday. Amato? My week one was a little challenging, so I got three kids on my side. I'm balancing, and for my two-year-old, he's a lot more active this football season. I did have a battle about where the where the football should go. I was told I should put the football on the TV in the corner, which was for the kids. So we had a nice little battle, me and my two-year-old, and I won that battle. I kept it on the main screen, but that was fun. Carter was very excited for football. Um, he sat with me for a while. Obviously, the Jets game Monday night was a late one, so he didn't get to watch it, but um, we did go out for Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, I should say. Um, it was sort of depression ice cream for me as I didn't give them all the details about Rogers, but we did get the win. So we're keeping the keeping the Victory Monday going. What flavor uh, ice cream to go with? Sour? Sour Patch Kids? <laughs> it was like a bitter, it's like a bitter Victory Monday. I didn't even get an ice cream. I sat there. I had some of Carter's. I just, I was there for support. Clutch move as a parent, buying your kid an ice cream and then like letting them eat the whole ice cream is always a mistake, right? Like they're either going to get a stomach ache or they're going to get a sugar high. Like if you share the ice cream, like everybody's happy. You're happy because you're eating ice cream. I'm happy I'm saving money. And, and like my kid's not going to get a huge sugar high. It's a great deal. Do you guys do dad tax? What's that? Dad tax is when you make your kid a bowl of ice cream and you take the first bite and that's tax to give it to your kid and uh, maybe you come in for like a second or third bite depending on how big it is that my friend is dad tax 
I mean, it it doesn't just stop at dessert. It's like, oh, we're gonna put some chicken nuggets on a plate. Like, I'm gonna grab some nuggets. Like, you know, no matter what it is, there's dad tax. Whatever you're eating, like, oh, you're gonna have some cheddar bunnies. Give me a couple of little cheddar bunnies. There's dad tax on everything. Uh, we did uh, before the game to sort of kill some time before kickoff. We did some board games. Um, as I know you guys have got into board games with your kids. And I'm actually like, you know, we always stick to the rules, but I'm getting pretty competitive over here. Playing some Candyland recently. It's been fun with the kids. You ever get into like some trash talking with the kids? Yeah, I kind of did that tonight. And, you know, like my daughter likes to trash talk, but if she's losing, it doesn't go so well. And I threw like a little, like, a little bit of trash talk out and it went into like full out crying fit. And then like, not only did like, I feel terrible about that, but then I got yelled at by my wife. So I was getting basically yelled at by two females in the household. And the third one jumped in it was just like, why'd you do that? Dad, you made her cry. So then it was like a three on one situation. And I took the dog for a walk. <laughs> and you and you walked away with a win in the game. I it sounds like you you won. I don't even, I no. I mean, I wasn't even winning. She was just doing really bad. <laughs> one thing I one thing I'll add that's been really helpful as sort of a look ahead tip is we started this new big calendar, this planning calendar, family calendar. We're calling it. Got a bunch of stickers and started indicating the days, like school days and home days and doctor's appointments and all this stuff and. It's been great. It's only been a week, but kids wake up now. They want to go look at the board, see what the day's about. I feel like we're on to something here. Right now, it's just stickers indicated, and then we fill in like you know, our day-to-day stuff, but they get to see, and they're learning their colors, like, oh, I got school today. Got a sticker for a doctor's appointment. Got a sticker for, you know, if we're going to do something fun. Start, you know, figuring out. Carter's really into it. You know, Lucas is sort of following along, but I feel like it's something that gets us organized. So I got a little tip for you here, Amato. Uh, I'm way too cheap to buy this because it's like 400 bucks, but it is like a large, almost tablet that you put on the wall. That's the calendar and it syncs up with your phone and it's like all that stuff. And like, you can see it and it's like framed up and it looks super, like, it looks like a picture and then you like hit a button and it turns into the calendar. So it's like art and a calendar. Does sound awesome. Digital. You know, this parlay. You send me a link. We might hit this parlay this week. Digital planner. But I just think there's so much going on, balancing babies and bets. Like I think planning um, with the family, with the kids is a good idea. Get them get them part of the plans. A lot easier to get things going during the week. But all right, that wraps it up for our podcast this week. It's always fun jumping into the dad zone and talking sports with you guys. We've got our Thursday night parlay touchdown scores and our best bets for the week. As always, whether you follow or fade our picks, we hope you make some cash. We'll see you again next week.